One week down, five spring training weeks to go. Welcome to the Braves Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, the podcast that takes you inside the clubhouse and gives you the stories behind the score. From Northport, Florida and Cool Today Park, I'm Jay Black with our AJC Braves beat reporter Justin Toscano and uh, back here at spring training for another day. And is it bad that I'm already ready to start seeing some real ball out there? (laughs) No, I mean, those first two weeks of spring training, partner, I mean, they're good. Not a cloud in the sky. Uh, There were more today. Weather's always nice, but we just want to get to the games. Um, And that's so now the allure of pitchers and catchers has kind of worn off a little bit. Get us to the games. Got one more week before we do uh, start playing some ball down here in Florida. But coming up, we'll talk about what we did see on this Sunday, including why the new guy may already be living up to the hype. Plus, we'll hear from Vaughn Grissom as he gets ready to show off what he's learned at shortstop. Do the Braves need a new clubhouse leader? And speaking of the clubhouse, new reliever Nick Anderson will join us for our clubhouse conversation. Finally, we will answer your questions in the Ask Justin segment. This is your first time listening to us. Welcome aboard, and make sure you follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Braves Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. All right, now for those of you that missed it this weekend, if you're just checking into our regular Monday slot, uh, Justin and I have been busy. We've had some special episodes out on Friday and Sunday, uh, so go back and catch up on this feed. Uh, yesterday, we discussed Michael Soroka's setback and Max Fried's arbitration situation and also my uh, potential fight at the Atlanta airport, which uh, we've already got some responses. Uh, some are calling it neurotic. Some are calling it a good airport rant. But uh, we've got another hour of Braves talk for you to catch up on from the weekend. Yeah, let's do it. I mean, there's so much going on here at spring training. We want to get to the games, but we've got plenty of analysis, plenty of content. Um, And as I understand it, you're here for a couple more days, so this isn't ending anytime soon. I'm here for a couple more days, and we'll begin with uh, what we saw on Sunday as we record this at about uh, 2.30 in the afternoon. And, uh, well, uh, we'll let Brian Snickers sum up the arm on his new catcher. It is a weapon. Yeah, it is. (laughs) It was really good. (laughs) It's like... He got some really good catchers, but he still stands out. Yeah, he does. Yeah, no, that's pretty elite right there. Uh, Justin, we were standing over by the Braves' dugout uh, when the catchers were working on their throws down to second, and there was some profanity uh, used in our media gaggle. Holy blankety-blankety when uh, we saw Sean Murphy throw the ball down to second base. Just for my mom, who always listens. Wasn't Justin. Yep, yep. I didn't follow any of the holies with any other words other than smokes. But, no, it – Jay, I mean, I feel like so much of these first two weeks in spring training is trying to glean a little bit of what you can off of these workouts, right? They're just drills. These are professional baseball players. You can't tell a lot. But as you ooh and ah at the occasional, you know, Michael Harris putting one into the executive offices or, you know, off the executive offices here, um, off that baseball-proof glass, we were ooing and aahing at Sean Murphy. I mean, they were doing a drill here uh, where they would catch a pitch, you know, and receive a pitch and then fire to one of the bases, you know, any respective base that the coach is at. Um, that arm, I mean, not only that motion, that fluid motion to catch and kind of get up without without any clipping or any hang, that arm, uh, he's got a cannon, man. Like, that was every throw was on a line and looked effortless. Here's how I know somebody's really good, if I can tell, right? 
I'm not a, I'm not an elite scout. It's like, oh, wait a minute. That's how that's done. Yeah, exactly. And I would say most of us are like that in this industry. We're not in the scouting industry, but I mean, for me, it was the bend on everybody else's throws, right? Like some of those guys took a little bit to get up or some of them skidded a little bit or it wasn't super clean uh, on the get up or when they would shift their body to throw to any of the respective bases or to, you know, kind of pop up to throw to second. His was always clean. I mean, it was effortless. I remember one video I took and posted. He's almost popping up, but he's pop, he popped up before he even got the ball. Um, and every one of his throws was on a line. You there was s- no bend. You can see that video on Justin's Twitter feed at Justin C. Discano. And you can uh, you can hear it here. And you know, we were also trying to measure his pop time. Between those two glove catches is a pop time. On that clip, it was 1.85 seconds, which is right around Murphy's average. And his average last year was tied for the second best in baseball. Right behind uh, JT Romito, a guy who, oh, by the way, you know, a few offseasons ago, got five years and $115 million. Uh, the Braves have a good one. We've been saying this. They targeted him because, you know, defense is his calling card. He's one of the best catchers on both sides of the chalk in the game. You don't know when these players are going to be available or when they're coming, going to come around or be on the block, per se, as Alex Anthopoulos told us in that Zoom session after acquiring him. But the Braves got a good one. I mean, especially with the rule changes, this is everything we've been talking about. You're going to need better times to home one, but a better defensive catcher, too, uh, to really kind of tip the scales. And... Like I said, you can't glean much from these workouts and these drills that anybody from high schoolers to professionals will do, um, but it does give us a chance to have a little fun, bring in a little color, um, and like you said, when it's so much better than everybody else there, including the fellow big league catchers on the roster, it stands out. Travis Darno, who's made a nice living and an all-star, but it, it was it was it's fascinating to me to watch the coaching that still goes on at this level, at this time. The conversations between Sal Fasano, Eddie Perez, there's a lot of catching knowledge there. Travis Darno and Sean Murphy, and then the, the minor league guys uh, that are here. And, you know, this is this is my first time at spring training, so this is all new to me. I spent some time today wandering around, and I went over to the eight-pack, which is where they've got eight pitching mounds set up behind the team's uh, clubhouse and the executive offices in right field. And, you know, we mentioned earlier this week that the pitch clocks are here already. They had three of those set up over at the eight pack, and even even in a spring training bullpen session, you can feel the pace pick up a little bit. Yeah, and they're going to really need to work on it from the jump. Uh, Brian Snicker has said that that they're getting adjusted to it. You can see the two clocks, or the not two, but as many as there are pitchers throwing there um, behind the fence, uh, so they can work with that. Also, I know you saw them receiving some coaching from pitching coach Rick Kranitz on that, uh, Spencer Strider and Max Freed. Guys will probably go faster than they think they will, so I don't think it'll be a huge adjustment. But we did hear something interesting uh, yesterday from Brian Snicker is that during Ian Anderson's live BP, he stepped off once because you can step off to reset the timer. So for anybody out there, one of the little niche kind of details in this rule is that if the timer is about to hit zero to avoid you know if you're a pitcher to avoid um issuing a ball you can use one of your disengagements you can step off and the timer resets you only get two of those per at bat 
but you know we saw him use one of those during then yesterday so it's just all these little things that are just much more than throwing the ball within 15 to 18 seconds that we're going to have to pay attention to and that's why they're working on it from the get-go but we'll see it in games um they're going to start using it in games right from the jump as a as a total newbie here you know i'm not I'm not totally surprised to see this, but it does kind of stand out when when you're walking around a, a big league camp. Is there's a lot of tech surrounding those arms. There were three TrackMan devices set up behind the catchers over at the eight pack, and there were two other devices behind the pitchers. I couldn't quite tell what that was. I assume one is a camera and something else to to measure stuff. Uh, but there's a lot going on in February. There's a ton. Yeah, <laughs> it always gives you context on how much goes into this goes into what we see on these fields goes into the decisions from the front office we use analytics as this blanket term uh kind of this umbrella that everything that falls under it that's remotely a number is analytics but there's so much data science in this day and age of baseball with whether it be putting you know like kevin pilar mentioned to us putting his video in there and his guy shows up as a little animated stick figure to show you how you move or with pitchers it's release points and we talked to nick anderson about this you know measuring release points and measuring this and that the carry on the ball everything's able to be measured and the technology is really you walk around here especially those backfields they're not only using it for the big league guys but when the minor league guys come in it's grown there too um and it's Basically, how much you want to invest into it. Some organizations are further along, more, you know, further ahead, more forward thinking with that than others. Um, But I think everybody says the same thing. It's how you apply it. Uh, And the good ones who have the good analysts, the good data scientists, um, and, you know, everybody works with biomechanics these days. Everybody has data science. Everybody has analytics, uh, different metrics. Not everybody applies them the same way, and there's a difference to be made in their gap there. All right, time now for the roll call. And you know, even Sean Murphy said that he's a little surprised at how many position players are already here. Guys are very eager here, uh, and I think that's just a sign of a good ball club. Uh, you know, guys are chomping at the bit to get going. Who's missing? To my eye, um, Marcelo Zuna is the biggest one. And let's, but we're doing this podcast on a Sunday. It'll be on your feeds Monday. Position players aren't due to report and take their physicals until Monday evening. Um, And you don't even have to show up to the park. You can just say that you're in the area. Um, You can call and say you're in Northport. You know, you're in Florida. You're here. You're going to be here. I haven't seen Marcelo Zuna. I haven't seen Jordan Luplo, though. I've never covered Jordan Luplo. So um, that might be me not knowing his face around the facility if I've ever walked past him. Uh, Adani Echeverria. You mentioned that. Um, but when we asked Brian Snicker today, he said that yesterday he counted seven position players who were not here, um, but said a batch of them reported today or, you know, we're here at the facility today. So perhaps we missed them during early clubhouse time or maybe they got at there after we were there. So I'm not expecting any issues, but, you know, I guess and maybe this isn't such you know a bad thing because they're not due to report till tomorrow anyways, but. If everybody's almost pretty, you know, pretty much here on the position player side, it does stand out if there are a couple who aren't. It's a long camp, we and even the workouts that are going on right now, you know, don't last all that long because uh, we've got a long, long way to go before this really matters. Yeah, yeah, um, five, five and a half more weeks. Uh, 
And that's, Jay, we think of Major League Baseball as being such a grind, and it is. Part of that is the construction of the spring training practice schedule. Now, Brian Snicker and his coaches, they've been together. This solid group has been together three, four year, good years now. Um, and one thing that allows you to do is that when you formulate your practice schedule for spring training and your program for spring training, as they call it, everybody knows what they're doing. Coaches know what they're doing. Players know what to expect. Everybody kind of comes in, and just accumulates to the environment, things like that. Um, and one major thing they've emphasized is not keeping these guys out here all day. Brian Snickers said to us yesterday that there's only so much you can do as a baseball player in this sport to improve daily. You get in, you get your work, go enjoy time with your family, go to the beach, go get some dinner, go do whatever you want to do, um, work out after whatever. But there's only so much you can do in baseball to improve daily, and they don't want to cross that line and kind of burn guys out early. Now, one guy who did make sure to get here early is Vaughn Grissom, and shortstop obviously is the Braves' biggest question mark this season. But Grissom certainly does not lack for confidence. No, no pressure. I mean, at the end of the day, it is what it is. You know, if uh, if I fall on my face, I get back up, and uh, you know, whatever happens, happens. I'm just going to keep playing. And it's been well documented that he spent a lot of time with Ron Washington this offseason. He can see when you take 1% off or, you know, if you take something for granted, he just knows. So it's just, uh, wow, he's in my head. <laughs> There's, uh, I think, one of the plays the other day. He, um, I was making a, I was running to a ball and making a decision. And I ended up you know, like getting it or whatever. He goes, so you were going to go at that with two hands, but you went out with one. I'm like, you can't even, that's not even something you can see. Like, that was a decision, you know, I don't get it. Yeah, but he was in there with me, so, yeah. And here's Snip. Yeah, that's where it's going to be the key, is the games. I mean, it's it's um, it's how you evaluate is, is games. So, we're just, you know, interested to see what it looks like. Been doing a lot of talking about Von Grissom this offseason, and talking season's almost over. Yeah, we've got, what, six days to go by my count here as we sit here. As much as you can improve over an offseason, um, and I'm assuming, Jay, you can improve a lot if you spend three separate weeks with the guy, the in the infield guru in Major League Baseball, Ron Washington. Eventually, everybody knows what this turns into, right? It goes to the games. If Vaughn Grissom falls flat on his face, the Braves have a little bit of an issue. Maybe they play Orlando Arcia. Maybe they go out and sign a veteran shortstop, whatever. If he plays well, jobs his. And I think it's kind of that simple. Everybody's waiting to see what he does in the games. And that's not to say that everything's going to be predicated on spring training. That's just to say that he's got to earn a job. He said that Brian Snicker going back to the winter meetings has acknowledged that, that he's got to lay eyes on the situation. He's got to see how it is. He's got to see how Grissom looks at shortstop. You can't just anoint him. The Braves have also, you know, Alex Anthopoulos has also stopped short of kind of crowning Grissom with that spot, you know, saying that they have Orlando Arcia, um, you got to keep the job, but all signs point to him being the starting shortstop. It's just a matter of not completely bombing this test in spring training, and you can't tell much until you get to those games. And we've got a few questions about this uh, for the Ask Justin segment, so we'll deal with it here now. Um, since the first full squad workout's not until Tuesday, we have not seen much of the infielders do anything. Yeah, no, and I think they've been working on a field with Wash like in the morning, but it hasn't been the degree of infield work that we usually see like in the main field, in the main stadium. Uh, guys taking ground balls. Grissom was out there working today um, with Ron Washington, and uh, I think it was Eric Young Sr. 
but otherwise, I mean, we haven't seen a ton, and and that's just because it hasn't been an organized fashion. Yep. All right, coming up, we'll talk leadership and our second clubhouse conversation of spring training. This is the Braves Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. When you're looking for leading cardiac treatment, look to Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with five emergency cardiac care centers, so we're here when you need us most. We lead with more than 55 locations in Georgia. That means we're always in the heart of your neighborhood. We lead with clarity, because clear direction is better when it comes to understanding every step of your treatment. Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with heart. Ocean breeze. Tropical beach. An air freshener can make your car smell like paradise. A drive to Daytona Beach will actually get you there. Beach on. Plan your trip today at DaytonaBeach.com. Quick reminder that if you're not a subscriber to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, you are missing out on a ton of Braves content that we've already put in the bag, and we've got more to add this spring training. Our columnist Michael Cunningham is on the way down here. We've got terrific photos that we've been taking uh, all weekend long, which you can access only if you're a subscriber to the AJC. You can get all of our stories on AJC.com. Our Braves Report newsletter sent right to your email You've also got Bradley's buzz from legendary columnist Mark Bradley as well, plus our terrific layouts and the e-paper. You get all that, and you get a special deal, too. 99 cents for the next six months, so we're basically giving it away. To get access to that, go to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast. That is subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast, so you always really know what's going on. And, you know, Justin, you warned me about the uh, sunscreen situation here, and uh, it is no joke. I spent maybe an hour out on the field, and uh, my pale skin is uh, starting to bake, and you blister a little. It's hot. Yeah, no, I. that's why when we were watching Sean Murphy, that's why I, I told you, I mean, I guess it's gross, but I, I think I was had a little skin peeling on my neck, and I'm tan. So, I mean, it, it got to me that first day, and I was wearing this quarter zip, a polo. It, it sneaks in somehow. It's just, it's just hot. It just beats down on you. It just That's all there is to it. It's thick. It's hot. The sun beats down on you here. It's unforgiving. And I think you mentioned this yesterday. I'm looking out there right now. You got a tough task if you're trying to find shade here. The, the palm trees are not pine trees, man. It's uh, there. There is nowhere to hide. If you, so just be fore, forewarned. If you're coming out to catch some spring training ball in the next few weeks, uh, bring your suntan lotion because uh, you, you will bake. Uh, but the Braves, they have lost their last two unofficial captains and Freddie Freeman and Dansby Swanson. So it's been asked quite a bit this week. Who's going to take over to police the clubhouse? Who's going to be the leader? Here's Matt Olson. I mean, I think it's just everybody's going to police everybody. You know, I, I don't think, you know, Dansby's awesome. Um, you know, a, a great presence in the clubhouse, but, um, you know, he's, he's one of many in here, and, and uh, he's not going to be around, so we're going to have to, you know, adjust a little bit, but uh, I don't think it's going to be an issue. Um, you know, we got a lot of guys who have been around for a while between – Travis and Charlie and uh, you know a few other guys, a ton of vets. So um, we'll, we'll we'll be good. Um, ton of leaders on this team, and, and that's a good thing. When you when everybody's out here doing the right thing, uh, you really don't have to step in and, and say too much. And uh, really, the only time you need that is when a young guy was was stepping out of line or, or whatever it would be. And um, our young guys aren't doing that, so uh, we'll, it'll be a group effort, um, as I feel like it, it normally is, and and uh, we'll be good. Is this important or is this just one of those things we talk about in February because we're bored? It's importance. 
is revealed during the first tough spurt of the season um, or the second tough spurt of the season, the worst stretch of the season. It's definitely important to the point where you have the team's GM admitting on record time and again that in Toronto he cared more maybe about the back of the baseball card instead of the chemistry part of it. But it's more cumulative than we like to think with this group or than I guess than the narrative would suggest, right? So you take out Freddie Freeman. Man, what are the Braves going to do? How are they going to, you know, are they going to collapse when things get tough? Well, did Stainsby Swanson now and Travis Darno and Max Fried and Charlie Morton? Well, you take out Dansby Swanson. Oh, man, like what happens? There's nobody to keep these guys in line. He set the standard. He, you know, is what a consummate professional should be. All this stuff. That's true. But you've got Max Fried. You've got Travis Darno. You've got Charlie Morton. You've got Matt Olson. You've got Austin Riley. You've got Ozzy Albies. There are so many established major leaguers on this club, guys with, you know, by all accounts, good makeup that I think they're going to be fine. So the narrative itself is a little overblown that the sheriff is gone and now the Braves are just going to crumble anytime something bad or something difficult happens, anytime they reach adversity. But it it's something. I mean, every year in baseball, we see that team on paper that doesn't reach expectations. I mean, a lot of that is clubhouse stuff. That matters. That truly matters, and anybody will tell you that. But I do... And it's tough from only the hour we're in there every day, but I do get the sense that this this clubhouse is actually a very positive environment. It's not just I've been around it where it's just talk, not you know, not hear other places and sports where it's just talk and you know. So it's tough to say for sure, you know, when the cameras and the microphones are on. But uh but this one I think is genuinely genuinely very positive and i think they're going to be fine all right speaking of the clubhouse one thing we're going to try to do with this podcast is you know justin gets access in there for an hour every day and bring you some of the clubhouse conversations that that he has to try to bring you a little more depth and a little more background on the on the players we talk about every day and today we had a chance to spend some time with nick anderson the braves picked him up after he was waived by tampa bay and you know the big question for him is is he healthy and can he be the guy that he was a couple of seasons ago, one of the more dominant relievers in baseball? How confident are you that being 100% you can get back to that guy, you know, we saw you be a few years ago? You know, something that I really kind of had to work on this offseason um, was just relaxing and not necessarily trying to get back to that guy. Sure. Um, trying to chase, you know, who you were before or how things felt before. Uh, it kind of can lead you down a not necessarily the best best path, um, which I was trying to do last year. You know, um, come back, balls not like you know with the numbers like no carry, just like trying to get velo up, um, and just trying to think back. I'm like, well, what I used to do, this is how I used to feel, um, and you know, every year we get we get older, our bodies change, so trying to trying to not look back at. at at how I used to be or how I used to feel or, or watching video or anything and, and just feeling normal, just going and playing catch and, and throwing the ball and getting on the mound and feeling normal. And, I mean, ultimately I think we've all been doing this long enough that our bodies kind of go through through the path that they go through um, with throwing. So I think just, just kind of relaxing and not thinking about it too much. And eventually, I, I, I'm, you know, I, I hope. Um, but I think just, just going out there and 
feeling normal and you know I'll eventually I'll get back there so I don't, I don't like to get too excited things have been feeling pretty good so um I think we're we're on a good path for sure if there was a point uh last year that maybe that clicked for you that you couldn't really chase the past a little bit what what was that when did you finally start to realize like hey I've just got to look forward and just got to kind of be a new normal yeah probably this this off season after yeah after being done with the year last year and then um just I mean I was just trying I was trying everything possible last year to get myself kind of back um so yeah I just took some time off after the year really and just kind of let everything kind of calm down and um just throwing bullpens to my buddy this off season and playing catch with him and uh just I don't know it was just him and I we weren't no highs on me nothing just kind of got back to my old routine that I used to do so I think that that was that was key for sure for sure why was uh why was getting back to your how did that help you well, that's because I—that's what I used to always do. Okay, yeah, that's what worked. That's what worked for me before. No, before uh, I was—I was always I'd go back to Minnesota in the off season and just kind of do my own thing, work out on my own, and just play catch with a buddy and kind of you know just go back and relax, get get away. So uh, that—that's why I had, like I don't know, probably like June or July last year. I—I kind of. I was like, I need to go back, just get back, and just do, do what I used to do, because it's kind of like it's one of those things. It's like, well, if it's not broke, why well, try to fix it? You know, and that's, that's what always worked. So, right. What are you mentioned trying everything last year? I mean, how how frustrating can that be when you're like, you know, you, you're exhausting every avenue, and it's like you, you know, you're trying your hardest, but it's like nothing seems to kind of like feel click. Uh, I mean, I keep that pretty, keep that answer pretty short. It makes baseball not really fun. <laughs> it makes it not fun. It makes you not really want to be there. Yeah. Yeah. How'd you come to peace with the fact that you, you took almost a year rehabbing it before getting the procedure? Like how did, I mean, you mentioned being frustrated with that. How'd you come to peace with it? Uh, I don't know. I kind of flushed the door pretty quick. So I flushed the toilet, not door. Uh, shut the, shut the door, flush the toilet. Uh, <laughs> but <clears throat> I do that pretty quick. So it just I don't know. It's one of my one of my qualities, I guess. I think probably most of the relievers here probably have that ability. You know, you have to. You have to. Yeah, you, yeah, you have to. I mean, you go out one day, you don't do good, and it's a good probability you're going to be out there the next day. So. Yeah, just kind of accepting, and I think too. Once you have surgery, it's it's kind of like, well, I have surgery now. Like, you know, why, why dwell on the past? It's not going to do anything for you. Right. What a, has the team told you when they signed you about how they see your role on this team or your chances? Uh, no, I'm not even. Th- I'm not even thinking about that. I'm just gonna. I'm just going out, trying to get my stuff locked back in and have fun, and just kind of however, however the dust settles, really. Um, I'm not really worried about that. I just want to, I just want to feel like I can play again and, and have fun and be around the guys and do whatever I can to help the team. So, however that, however that shakes out, it shakes out. So you kind of just hope, you know, this year to get back to having that fun playing the game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So I think I'm, I think I'm on my way. I think I'm on my way for sure. You got to be part of some special bullpens in Tampa. What do you think of the group you're with now? 
Yeah, absolutely. So it's kind of funny. I don't really, I just like to play and be around the guys. And so it was a couple, couple of weeks ago, like getting ready, kind of getting everything together back in Minnesota to head down here. I was like, I should look to see who's all like on the staff. And I looked, I was like, damn, we got, we got arms. We got arms. So it's, uh, it's exciting. It definitely is. I'm, I'm excited to see how this all plays out. What about the team as a whole? I mean, you've, you've been on winning teams and coming to this one is a good chance to win and be on another one yeah i mean you look at the history here so um yeah that i mean that's why i was super happy it's when i I accepted the or elected free agency and braves called right away and it's like heck yeah (laughs) you know who want yeah who wouldn't want to play here (laughs) so i mean yeah fan fan base is just everything i think that stood out to me there was you know uh, him admitting he's not going to chase the guy he used to be. Yeah, because that's the main question that every one of the people in his position has to face. So a little background, um, because we had a question on it in there. Nick Anderson had his what is called a UCL brace procedure. Um, and that is, in effect, we'll start with the fact that he had, he had a torn UCL, which usually necessitates Tommy John surgery. He decided to get a repair of that instead of a full reconstruction. The reconstruction would be Tommy John surgery. The repair, the brace procedure, basically allows you to, you know, you don't reconstruct it, but you repair it enough where you can pitch again, and the big thing there is the recovery is faster. You get back sooner. And before he had even elected that procedure, he felt like he just wasted a year. He was trying to rehab it, trying to rehab it, trying to rehab it. Well, it was UCL UCL tear, and he had to get the procedure. Um, and so, the question that all those guys face is: Are you going to be back to your pre-injury form? Uh, that is that is at the crux of that because they're almost at a career crossroads uh, when they get a procedure like that or anything you know involving the UCL. And with him, it was really interesting to say that he tried to chase it last year. He tried, you know, his Velo wasn't great. He was trying to watch video. He's trying to do this, that, and the other thing, trying every little thing to evaluate, well, how did he used to feel for me? How did I used to do this? What did I used to do? Um, why did I used to do it? How did I look when I did it? And he threw all that out and just said, man, I've got to just, just got to feel normal. Just got to feel normal. Just got to have fun, simplify it. And it, you know, obviously he wants to be elite again, but I think he knows full on well, as he said in that interview we just played, that he's not going to be able to do that by replicating the past. It's impossible. All right, we're going to wrap things up here with the Ask Justin segment where we answer Braves fans' questions on Twitter at Justin C. Toscano. All right, first up from Wes Tanner. Thoughts about Elvis Andrews being the Braves' super utility guy slash safety net for multiple positions? Sure. I mean, I I could see it, I guess, because he's a veteran still on the market. I just think, as I think we've said on this podcast before, if they didn't believe in Grissom, I think they would have done something about it already. He's still on the market, though. You said super utility. I mean, I guess it could work. I just yeah, I don't know that they have a huge need for it on this roster. From Nick Hotzelt, what's the back half of the bullpen expected to look like? Yeah, so I think, I mean, man, it, it it's going to be the best, in, you know, if not one of the best in baseball. They will have you know, one of the best bullpens in baseball, especially at that back end. Minter, seventh, 
Jimenez eighth, Rysell Iglesias ninth is I think how it it plays out uh, in my mind. And if you need a power arm in the seventh, you put Jimenez in the seventh and save Minter for the eighth. I think those two can be interchangeable, but but stuff wise, if everything kind of goes to chalk, Jimenez in the eighth and Iglesias in the ninth is pretty. Good. Yeah, and uh, and uh, AJ Minter didn't have a bad last year, bad year last year at all, and is your top lefty out of the bullpen now with Matzik being down. That'll play. Yep. From uh, Wilson Ruark, you're over under on Michael Soroka making five starts for the Braves this season. Ooh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go over. I, I think. Yeah, I think it's over five. Yeah, I. I think it's over five. I mean, I think. The Braves get, even if he doesn't win the job, the Braves get enough of these guys extra days here and there and spot starts that with the options. I mean, you, I, I see him contribute. Like Bryce Elder made more than five starts last year. So yep. I, th- I think, you know, it's that that's only that's only one minor injury to a guy. God willing, you know, we knock on wood. We don't want that to happen. But I think that's a low threshold that barring any significant injury, I think he can hit that. If, uh, if he makes five starts, that's going to be a win for Michael Soroka, right? Yeah, you have to think so because he's on the comeback trail. He wants, you know, of course he wants more this year. He wants that fifth spot. He wants to be a part of this full time. But I mean, man, after not having pitched since 2020, yeah, that's you go back to establishing yourself a little bit. And I think that's got to be a win. All right. Uh, we got a few more questions that we will save uh, for another one of our podcasts coming up later in the week. But uh, let's go ahead and do our Monday staple winner of the week. First week of uh, spring training. Uh, you first. I'm going to go with the uh, the staff here at Cool Today Park and the first responders, the rescue crews, the firefighters, law enforcement, everybody who came together during Hurricane Ian uh, because this place was in a rubble. The fences were knocked down. Trees were not where they were supposed to be signage was destroyed um and everybody made this happen they worked seven days a week 20 hours a day uh for the first couple months and they got this place looking really 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 good to the point where you can't tell anything happened uh they deserve a lot of credit for that it looks great that's a very good answer can i uh, nominate myself for winner of the week (laughs) i survived Uh, tsa uh no well that was that was yesterday's segment (laughs) get to do do another you had time to think (laughs) about this one um I think it's Sean Murphy just blowing us all away. He's he's clearly in control of what he's going to have to be in control of with this pitching staff and uh, and his defense. There you go. There you go. That was that was a nice little recovery. That certainly better than you for fighting TSA. Well, was it a fight? Because that's a fight nobody wins. No, no. Uh, TSA's, you know, TSA and Father Time are shaking hands because they're both undefeated. Yep. Uh, if you want more about that, if you missed it, uh, go back on this feed. We got a couple of shows that we did over the weekend: one on Friday and uh, one on Sunday. So, uh, plenty of Braves talk here as we start ramping up uh, for spring training, and we will continue to uh, release shows uh, throughout the week as we uh, continue our coverage here at uh, Cool Today Park. Stick with us. Subscribe. Like these shows. Listen to them. Add us to your feed. We're only getting started. Yep, tell your friends, tell your enemies, we'll be here for you. And that's the Braves Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. When you're looking for leading cardiac treatment, look to Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with five emergency cardiac care centers, so we're here when you need us most. We lead with more than 55 locations in Georgia, That means we're always in the heart of your neighborhood. We lead with clarity because clear direction is better when it comes to understanding every step of your treatment. Northside Hospital Heart Institute. 
We lead with heart. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on.